right, so we were talking about Marvels, uh, 1994 um, comic series with written by Kurt Busiek and illustrated by Alex Ross. There's five issues, technically. Uh, the interesting thing about it is that issue zero actually came out later. Um, and nowadays, when you see those type of specific events, you'll see issue zeros come out beforehand, sometimes like a month or two beforehand. But it was kind of one of the first events that I recall of having like an issue zero that wasn't necessarily related directly to the story. Uh, and that dealt mostly with the Human Torch, the original Human Torch, and kind of his creation. And honestly, I don't think it is super important to our story, so I'm going to kind of leave it out of the discussion of the story here. The main thing with this story was that it really parallels the Silver Age and the Bronze Age in the first issue, and the, the rest is really the Silver Age for Marvel and the Marvel Universe. And it really kind of does a good job of setting that up and making it accessible to newer people. That's why part of the reason we chose it as our first episode. And then I think the other thing it does a really interesting job of is it really makes it a, a human story and sets it up to be, hey, this is a new character. This is a character that is not a superhero. It's not any one person that you're used to. It's a brand new character and it's all through his lens, uh, both figuratively and literally because the idea is that he's a photographer and a lot of the pictures and, and stuff are meant to be pictures that he's taken. Um, and so Alex Ross's specific style works really well for that. And I also think it does a really good job of kind of setting a lot of those, resetting a lot of those Silver Age ideas that have kind of come to be, come to be understood in one way now, but really when they were happening in the Silver Age, I think sometimes the, the mark was missed a bit and it kind of, I think resets some of those things um, that maybe were were implied or meant to do, meant to say this thing, meant to be this, and particularly with the mutant metaphor, uh, I think it does a better job than the actual Silver Age does, and that's I really think what its purpose was kind of meant to be too. All right, yeah, I think so. Great summary, and I think leads well into you know the next thing that we want to talk about the significance because i mean like you mentioned him telling it from his lens of a uh the common folk i feel like was uh the kind of main theme that they really tried to to hammer home um like where where does the common folk fit in um like being uh not powerful enough to uh you know kind of protect themselves against you know all the chaos that's going on around them i feel like one of the really uh the good quotes in the end um the leader of the newspaper sorry i'm feeling i'm forgetting his name i feel like he's jameson and uh yeah uh, jim john jameson he's like uh you know if if they're so good uh you know what i mean if they're all wholesome and they can do all these things what what does that make us as a you know a regular person like basically kind of showing that he's wanting to put all this negative light on them because if there's you know no negatives on them if they are the you know holy creatures they can do all that then uh the common you know man feels very insignificant not powerful is is at least one of the the themes I I saw. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one thing that this really does uh, is 
Marvel has always been better than DC at what is happening with the ground level, whether it be actual regular people or sometimes, you know, the ground level heroes that are dealing with day-to-day lives with the Spider-Man and the Daredevil at times and stuff like that. So I think this really um, establishes that even more. The one thing that, uh, one thing I don't really like about it, one thing I think it's kind of difficult is that if you do not have knowledge um, of Marvel, particularly the Silver Age Marvel, like you're going to spend a lot of time as you read this bouncing back and forth probably between the the story and Wikipedia. Like it's, there's some, there's a lot of stuff that it's just assumes that, you know, uh, whether that be the background of the fantastic four, the background of, I mean, it's the issue zero establishes human tour, the original human tour. If we talked about that. Um, but I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of expects you to know who Namor is and expects you to know, um, who most of these characters are already. And if you don't, if you're coming from the, I mean, if you're coming straight from the MCU, if you're coming from an angle that's different than a regular comic book reader, it can be a little hard. I think it's, I think it's perfect for that kind of not serious fan, but someone that's interested in, in interested in getting into comics and kind of understanding the Marvel universe. That's where it's great. I mean, that's, that's its significance. Like it establishes the Marvel, Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and, and then, I mean, through, through my lens, uh, obviously this viewpoint is, and it, it touches on, it touches on others, but I mean, this viewpoint is basically the white suburbia viewpoint. I mean, it's 1994. Um, I don't think that they've gone you know tried to really get into anything other than that at this point Mm -hmm. um i think it holds up but i think that that can you know the the current there's a current line uh called marvel voices that kind of looks at the characters of indigenous there's an indigenous voices series or what not a series it's just kind of a one shot um and there's like the lgbtq one uh is coming out i think or just came out for pride uh this year mm. and it's you know it's not this it's not an everyday character but it's a little bit more of trying to include some of those lenses and include some of those writers that are actually coming from those i mean obviously kurt Busick and uh alex ross are both uh older white males at this point so mm. uh of course that's that's kind of the lens that they've kind of lent to the, think, the uh, main character here, which is, which is Phil Sheldon, um, right. who has been referenced in some other things. Um, I was going to say the other significant, what? yeah, Phil himself I mean, is an older, uh, right, white male. But it's not to say you're saying that the perspective or, you know, the kind of story that the narrator is trying to tell can still be, you know, teach lessons outside of that narrow perspective. You're saying like the the whole general. Um, you know, angle of what it was trying to teach you, saying it's like, yeah, it was just more uh, based based around that, just like white suburbia, not like maybe as a whole of what all of New York City, like the people in, you know, maybe the ghettos and stuff or something might have felt, right? And 
I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it doesn't get into it doesn't get into any of that. I mean, obviously, when you deal with when you're dealing with the superhero stories and these stories, like, I mean, the Galactus thing, the the idea that all of all of New York is looking up at Galactus, and then implied, of course, like all of the world is looking up, like what is going on with the the sky and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, is one thing but i mean yeah i i think there i think there is a gap that could be filled you know if you feel like this is such a if you feel like this is a seminal work like there's a gap that can be filled with um looking at the everyday person that doesn't have time to look up of you know at marvel things and i think i think they've done that you know touched on that in the past and some things i know they had you know obviously a marvel story with no suit with out of focus on superheroes would be kind of boring, but it's, you know, it's, it, it very, it very much drives the point home though, as you're reading this, that it is a white suburban viewpoint. Like he goes back to his house in the suburbs when, you know, when these major events happen, like he comes yeah. out to take the pictures and he goes back home and he's mostly safe yeah, at home. Back then, to his American dream, the wife, the kid, it's like, right. It ends yeah, up very, like, wholesome like that his, and i mean it does it well i'll say that it like his viewpoints on certain topics change once he oh yeah once they come back to him right like once they really come into the suburbs then he starts to actually like wake up and do this and i mean that's a very much i i mean you guess i guess you could look critically and say okay is that is that the point is that what kurt music was trying to say with this story is he trying to say like or, is, or yeah. is he just trying to because, provide a format for Alex Ross to just put beautiful <laughs> pictures? All no, like, like like you're saying, I think at the beginning of the story, Phil was that fearful citizen of, oh, you know what I mean, the the mutant slash heroes, you know what I mean? Like, what, what can we really do about him? But by the end, you know what I mean, he's trying to get Jameson to, you know, see the other side or publish stories that are, you know, putting, spinning them in a positive light and, you know, coming out with his own book that's, uh, that's doing that because he doesn't have control at the newspaper, right. To, to show the, yeah, the angle that they're kind of spinning on the, the heroes, you know, whatever we want to call them. So I think that was a, yeah. a cool side of it. Um, I think as this podcast goes on, like we'll have some stories that like we have, we can connect to specific like critiques and like specific things that they're trying to critique about the world or trying to critique about literature or different things. Because I mean, that, of course, it, you know, if, if I thought comic books were not worthy of literary critique, I probably wouldn't be doing this right yeah um, i probably wouldn't spend my time on them if i didn't think that they were a worthy medium um but you know i have i have a section down here for my notes for like connections to literary critiques or classical literature and i mean there's there's not here um right the really? only connection is directly to the golden and silver age of comics uh and specifically marvel comics and it does that very well and it's great at that and i mean it does it so well that they've they've taken this they did i don't i don't think you've listened to it i I don't know that i've talked talked about it much but they've done a podcast based on this um which with uh 
Method Man actually did one of the voices for the for the podcast. Nice. Um, I can't remember what character he did. Um, but it's actually it focuses more on the Galactus event in the podcast. It's specifically just a Galactus event, and really it's not. So really it's not a direct adaptation. It's Phil Sheldon's in it, but really it's the podcast kind of focuses on this like assistant of his or like intern of his. Um, oh yeah, I remember. And it does, yeah, it does a really good. I mean, it's a really good podcast. I, I like it, but uh, this has now set up like a lot. Like, I mean, this is a, this is a work that holds up. Uh, Kurt Busiek is doing a new series right now, I think called the Marvels. That is going to be an ongoing series that just started. Um, they've done, they've done different uh, versions of, you know, they've done updated versions and bigger things. So um, I think it's, I think it's significant. I think it's a really significant work and I think it really helps reestablish the golden and silver ages better than they were uh, in a lot of ways because I think we look at the we get a look at like the mute, mute metaphor and we talked about this before recording but the mute metaphor is much better in this than I think it really was in the original silver age um, I I kind of mentioned that there's a there's a specific scene where there's a young black male that has been injured and possibly killed, like it's it's ambiguous, um, in the riots following the uh, the mutant kind of the mutant riots in New York, and it actually is probably the first time I'm saying you know I'm saying this is 1994, so I'm saying that this is probably the first time that the mutant metaphor, which has always been a civil rights metaphor, or was supposed to be a civil rights metaphor in the Civil Age, probably the first time that they really directly connected it to a black person being hurt by the by the metaphor um so i think yeah, that's that's that it, it try i feel like it tries to update those classic silver age stories a little bit for sure but not like to a i mean i think it sets that standard and then there's other there's other stories there's other works that have done that a much better way um, oh, yeah. and got more to the story part again this is very focused on the visuals very focused on the main character's viewpoint as opposed to the actual what's happening so I think you know they've redone Silver Age X-Men over and over and done it better mm -hmm. than the main lead did you know uh, knock on wood or yeah. <laughs> whatever but, but thinking about uh, that scene of yeah just it showing that I think does speak to what they were you know, trying to say with the, uh, you know, culturally, and I don't know, I think it's a good, good, probably, you know, less point on the significance. I think, you know, we've hit pretty good now. And I feel like the, something we touched on a little bit so far, because uh, the, the hell to me for this, this one was kind of all of the, yeah, villains, uh, characters in general, uh, heroes and villains that they're, they're throwing at you, right? So, I know I highlighted at the beginning of issue four, he's kind of even talking about the uh, kind of wars that they know that all of the heroes, when they're not battling in New York, right, are going off to fight. And, uh, you know, just kind of all the, you know, characters on the screen, it's bringing up all the ones that they've, you know, talked about before, Captain America, the mutants, everything, but even ones that they're, you know, fighting on 
other planets and it's just uh you know for one comic like all of the the characters and you know wars on this planet and the others that are thrown in and it's then it's revealed that the uh the senator was an alien himself right like posing in there as the the governor so it's like i know of course that's going on um throughout the whole thing and the fact that it starts in 1939 right and ends uh what almost 20 some years later it, it is it is a lot to to take in and and still four issues that aren't that long right it's just a yeah. a lot of things that are covered I think officially it ends like yeah 1970 so actually like 30 years right so yeah. yeah but it's yeah the first the first issue is like the 39 to like 42 or 43 well i guess i guess it goes to the end of the world wars so like 45 right and then all of a sudden you know we jump we jump forward and i think that you know that clearly is supposed to kind of establish that golden age and silver age and then we spend you know we, we really slowly kind of go through the silver age uh and that's kind of what i've said though that you really almost have to have wikipedia open in another tab if you are not yeah. versed in your silver age like i think that the reference was to the korean scroll war like the first time that the because he's a he's a scroll and i think that's the first time that the scrolls came around was like this late 60s um mm. like i i mean i don't consider myself a front to back comic book expert but obviously my knowledge is uh better than yeah. average i would say and it's most. just like like yeah you, you have to kind of go back through and and look at look some of these things up um and so it's kind of weird because it, it feels like it's set up to make things accessible to new readers but at the same time it's also i think it struggles with that a little bit um i think for you know our the hell section uh of the podcast it's going to be sometimes it's going to be like a specific moment sometimes it's going to be like a general idea like that mm -hmm. uh for me i thought and i i feel weird saying this but I've, I've every time i've read this i've come back to it i feel like the mutant girl that he finds out his daughters are hiding in the basement um in issue two is and i I hope that's not too spoilery, but I feel like that, uh, I feel like she's just, she's too, too over the top, like too obviously like mutant in a physical way. Um, like a, you know, if you know your X-Men, like a Morlock way, like she's a mutant, like she is not, cannot be accepted around people. Like it's yeah. a very striking visual. And in a hyper-realistic style of Alex Ross, it just, it seems to me like a somewhat weird choice because we don't get any other character that I can think of that really comes off as strongly, like, different. And it, it's a little jarring, almost. Um, gotcha. And I think it's supposed to be, but I think it, I think it's too jarring. Like, it takes you out of the story like, the immersion i mean yes a little yeah bit. like he doesn't he doesn't open the he doesn't go in the basement and just be like ah what the heck like you know like literally the hell like i, I mean but that's the i mean that's the level of kind of look that this is like it's not you know it's not like 
angel from the original X-Men with where he just, you know, he's got big wings or something, you know, it's not a, mm. it's a visual mutation that then we don't even know. I mean, we don't obviously ever find out like if, like if that means that she has some sort of power or if she just looks really funny because obviously that's not been, that's not, I don't think that's been established as like a mutant thing in the X-Men of like, Oh, you can have a mutation with no abilities. Like I don't, right being a kind of useless mutant yeah like i mean there's they've done they've played with that before like i've read some things where there's been like some really useless powers or some weird powers but like it's still supposed to be some sort of powers like she just looks weird almost right Um, and the other part honestly like her character in general the the on the back end of that and kind of the opposite way, like I, I was very frustrated at like how quickly it just like was not a thing anymore. Like I, I understand yeah. that like it was meant to, you know, the issues are a little bit self-contained. That was meant to really stay in issue two, but like he has this significant brush with a young, like really young mutant girl. And then she's gone. And then like, man, I, I'd be worried about her for like the next 20 years. Yeah. You know, you're there for the next handful of years. And like, he's, you know, it doesn't come up again. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like, Oh, I found, you know, I I want some closure there. Like what happened to her? Did she, you know, cause we just get a note and it's like, Oh, I left. I didn't want, didn't want you guys to get in trouble. I left. Uh, Maybe I got hit by a car as soon as I got out of the basement. Like, Never really know. Great. Don't worry about it, though. Never gonna yeah, it's. I mean, it really takes that character. Really, it's a significant part of the story, and I think it. And it, you know, she needs to be there. It's honestly that's my favorite issue of the run of the event, but it's just, yeah, there's just some frustrating parts to it, um, and it's something that I can't like. I yeah. I, the, that's like what I think about when I think about this this issue is like think about either the big you know I think about the big shots of like Giant Man and Galactus that Alex Ross has drawn beautifully and then mm. I think about this, this girl and then like yeah and it's you know it's kind of a disturbing picture so um, some definite stark contrasts I mean are those the as we, you know, move into the best and worst section, are those kind of, you know, so, kind of it for you? Or I don't know if you want to... Well, so, you know, obviously the best and worst, uh, kind of our award section. We've not really discussed how this is going to work, so... Right, we'll right. This could it. be a little rough. Um, I, I, picked, I picked things for all four uh, that we're going to hopefully be consistent with going forward, and uh, I think you have too, so... I'll start with best character. Um, and I mean, I the, with this one, it's a little obvious uh, to me. I mean, I think Phil Sheldon, he's the main yeah. character. Right. He's the best character. Like he's his his uh you know he's not a superhero, but I I think like he's superly human. Like I mean, he's a he's a person. Like that's yes that they, that's where Busick has done a very good job as a writer of just making this character yeah. be a person 
I'll go ahead and reveal that that was mine too, because yes, you gotta love the character that has the ability to learn and adapt, right? To see the things around him and not just conform to it and go along with it and, you know, know that, oh, it's wrong and, you know what I mean, I want to fight for what I actually believe in, you know what I mean? How, how can you not like that character, right? So, um, I, yeah. The he other has, thing, too, I think he did a really good job of, like, not... Let's let's be honest. Uh, comics are very... Um, comics tend to be very left-leaning, uh, I would say, on average. And if you don't get that, I, you know, I'll probably alienate people by saying yeah. this, but... It's if you fine. don't get that, I feel like you're not actually paying attention to the comics. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's always been the case. Uh, and the, you know, may, well, maybe not maybe not in the Reagan era with some of the editors and writers, but that's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. Um, but in general, I think comics have been very uh, left-leaning. And I think they do a good job of not making Phil Sheldon obviously, like, one type of person like he's not obviously just a straight 1960s liberal like he struggles with the decisions of do i support this cause or this cause and honestly switches at one point from you know one side to the other uh and maybe a couple times really if you want to look at kind of the overarching thing like i mean he he wavers and i think that gives you a lot better view of like the average person as opposed to like the actual typical comic book writers that you see that you see like you don't get a representation of a moderate person in comics that's believable as a real character because i think when you see moderate characters in comics they tend to come off as just like like they like they don't have any think like they don't think yeah like, right like characters in, comic, in my experience i feel like they just you know they're the they're then just there like oh this is a moderate character he doesn't feel strongly about anything like <laughs> that way you uh, can push him in uh, any direction right yeah uh, Phil Sheldon feels strongly about a lot of things he just not like you know he it changes um and you know i think there is some grounding there with his family and makes it somewhat significant i think it also uh, you know I'll, i think it also leads in here to my choice for worst character which uh this might be cheating you know we haven't really established rules uh phil Sheldon is also the worst character because Ooh. to me he does I'm, i mean one he throws a he throws a brick at ice man uh that's that's not cool uh acceptable also also, also, he, there's, he's neglectful to his family at times. Uh, Definitely is sometimes in a in a worrying way. Um, it's like work doesn't have to be, yeah, number one like that, especially when the world's falling apart, right? Like, when would your your uh, wife and daughter need you to mo the most, right? When when everyone thinks they're gonna die, right? And he's like, no, I have to go take pictures. <laughs> you must understand. Yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, that as a as a father um, and a husband, like that's a that's something for me, like from my lens, like it. It's a decision I think a lot of people make, um, 
you know, are you going to be, a, are you going to be a focus on your home life with your spouse and your children, or are you going to focus on your work life? And I think he fairly consistently chooses work life up until like the last moment. I think like, if I yeah, know, right. The right. Last, <laughs> last couple of pages, like finally redeems himself. See. Right. Yeah. And I, I can't remember. There might, there might be a, I think there's a book um, that, and like another book that they did that does Phil Sheldon like in a specific like new story, like just a specific story that's like new. And I can't remember if for sure, but I think I think there was. And I think then like it kind of undoes. If I remember, you know, it kind of undoes that moment because then he makes like a decision to because he's got to be the main character of whatever this one this one shot is so then like he of course has to make the decision to go be with uh yes yeah go be with work again uh i think so yep yep was an ongoing theme uh yeah no i can't say that that was my pick um i didn't really have you know great pick i feel like one of the heroes or villains you know probably would have made more sense i feel like mine uh might be a cop-out if i'm just gonna go with uh you know what I mean? The classic, classic do evil Jameson that's, uh, right, always out to get to the, uh, the mutant spinets against them when it's like there are legitimately evil ones to pin, like, you know, Galactus or I know somewhere in there, I couldn't tell. It seemed like alluded to the fact that some of the, uh, people that were fighting, um, I thought it was the first time, like, Silver Surfer made an appearance um with uh i don't know if there was a kind of no he is like the aqua guy but basically alluding to the fact that maybe they're even colluding some sometimes or you know what i mean you, you never know if like one of the evil guys just kind of causing a ruckus you know what i mean kind of just because and you know getting paid off behind the scenes or something but but basically, you know, J Jameson's always out to to get get them, even the good guys, right? Even when there's legitimate bad guys around. So I, I'm just gonna well, gonna I, give well, it to him. I, I will say too that I, you know, when we when we set up kind of these topics too, I kept this purposely vague so that like, because yeah. I, I mean, there's gonna be story there's gonna be story arcs that we cover um, that the best character. You know can be best written or it can be you know the best character that is in right. the story the character that, that you that you like the worst the best i think uh jameson works as a worst character in the fact that it's really hard to write jameson especially yeah. especially in that era because he does see it so black and white and there's been ways that they've explained that um you know his hate for spider-man and there's it's, you know it's been explained in backstories different times with uh his wife being killed by mobsters um because yeah. of stories he wrote and things like that and like that he you know is gonna stick to his guns no matter what because of that event yeah but it's just really hard to write him in yeah. a way that's not a little bit cartoonish um right he he's I like hopelessly flawed like, kind of thing yeah, I don't think music does anything like new with him here. Like mm -hmm. he's not breaking new ground with J. Jonah Jameson, uh, especially in hindsight of, gosh, 
27 years later like yeah you people have done jameson better since then um and i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like people probably did jameson better before music wrote this too so um for me the the next the next award uh is wow moment i touched on a little bit like the the big the big visuals honestly this whole thing i mean i've got the alex ross uh poster behind me i mean it's like the whole thing the visually like yeah. the wow for me just the whole thing that's the reason you pick up marvels is the pictures on the covers um i mean that is why this really exists it's basically i mean it's basically to show off alex ross's artistic ability um he's a very specific style i would i know that most people you know there's people that would say he's not really a comic book artist or his art, art is different from other comic artists because it is so real hyper realistic it is very different and i'm sure that some people don't like it i do um obviously I, it's very hard for him to be i imagine it's very hard for him to be an ongoing comic artist like i don't think he would be the i don't think he's ever really been the, the everyday guy on a comic that's not been or at least at least not one that uh i can think of i know he did astro city with kurt music and i'm not super familiar with that but yeah his art just i mean that's why that's that I, i'll go back like i go back to this occasionally just to look at like his art at times so um that would be my wow moment uh for my my best this you know kind of what we're calling the best best moment so for sure uh, just the whole thing yep yep um i'm trying to think yeah what would be what would be mine but yeah of course I feel like the overall, the whole thing, I mean, yeah, we're soon going to have to give our, you know, our overall score, but there were, there were certain scenes, um, you know what I mean, where I guess they, they did a good job of, uh, you know, making you feel the scale of what's going on, right, with uh, the Galactus, uh, you know, coming in, uh, just, I guess, yeah, make it more feel like it's a, it's a global event, you know what I mean, like it really was, and you know, I mean, some of those things, uh, I mean, even when I know towards the end, it's like there, there's some good art, you know, I'm looking at here when, uh, Namor comes back towards the end with the machines that are kind of, uh, you know, real UFO looking, just going, uh, down New York. So yeah, I would say the art style for sure throughout is, uh, is, is pretty amazing, but I'll, I'll pick, yeah, one of the, uh, you know, Galactus appearance appearances, just how they, really show right i mean all the superheroes are powerful but they really you know make you it's the one where it's like after the event happened they all knew it could have been over uh you know in a second it was a doomsday scenario so i think they yeah. they really did a good job at uh highlighting that yeah the uh galactus i mean i think in my mind when i say galactus like it's it's alex ross's Galactus um because honestly it's it's hard to make a, a planet sized you know a, a devourer of worlds yeah 
look better than Alex Ross makes him look like he there's often times where he comes off fairly cartoony so um I think yeah that that really uh made some of those Silver Age moments like seem way more realistic and way more um significant in a way uh that you don't get from kind of the classic art styles of the Silver Age comics um Dumbest Decision uh, is our is the last award, and I don't remember if I actually told you about this one before I've added it in here, mm-hmm. but uh, my dumbest decision in the comic was the brick throw, and I kind of took that from Tolshell himself. Like, I think he would tell you that that was the dumbest decision that he did if he, you know, if he was a real person. Oh, yeah, uh, that was Phil? Sorry, with the brick throw? Well, yeah, there's, so there's a few different brick throws uh, because we go through some riots. But the the big one was when he th- he picks up a brick and throws it at uh, Iceman um, because oh. he kind of gets into mentality the first time that the X Men show up in the in the series. Yeah, he throws a brick at Iceman because he kind of joins joins in with the people yelling at him, and he takes it that next step further, which honestly is, I mean, it's it's well written. I think in the future on some different stories, like our dumbest decision could definitely be a decision made by the writer. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think in this instance, like this character decision is significant. And I, you know, I say dumbest because it's something that he then later kind of says himself that it's, yeah. it was a really dumb decision. I don't think uh, that's the one after where, uh, you know, basically the mutant remarks, uh, they're not worth it because I know that was significant. Uh, yeah. I think it might've been, yeah. yeah. Just to show yeah. him that, yeah, that, you know, even so just showing how small, again, the regular man is like, oh, they're not worth it. I'm not even going to come after him and retaliate. So that was an, an important scene. Um, as I'm trying to think, yes, I know dumbest decision we didn't, uh, surely have before. Yeah, I don't know. I might just, uh, you know, pass roll with yours on this one, because I can't can't think off off the dome which one which one might have been the dumbest. I know we had some some character. It was probably it was probably c- civilian though, right? I don't know. I guess the yeah. the <laughs> the civilians were making some, uh, you know, not not clear headed decisions. I would say, you know, throughout. So uh, I'll give it to one of them overall. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, really, the the other human level characters in this in the story, uh, it's kind of hard to say that they did anything of of worth or value to add positively to anything. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of instances where the other the other people are mostly just acting on mob mentality and, and instincts. So, I was about to say hive um, mind, right? They're just showing the yeah. general fear in hive mind that everyone else in the population is supposed to like represent maybe besides Phil, right? For the most part. Um, so our last, our last section is the score. Uh, as part of the score, I kind of like to, would like to start out by saying, um, I feel like one thing we kind of learn and take away from this is again, it's a good representation of the silver age and it really can, I mean, it can replace, that if you don't want to go back and read a bunch of silver age comics like 
that that can be difficult. That can be a lot to to slog through, uh, yeah. honestly, because they're not all great. Um, and so I think it really can replace kind of the general Silver Age or, or give you an idea of it. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go back and forth with it. So I think this is, I mean, I think this is recommended for like a like I said, like a medium level uh, comic book reader that is maybe into some of the new stuff or into has read certain comics or certain arcs before, but is not super familiar with the background of the Marvel universe. Um, it gives you a good kind of insight to that, uh, in a very memorable way. For sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, so did you have anything else on, uh, what, what you learned or, or what you would recommend? Um, because yeah. I, I mean, I guess I like generally, newer, you know, newer level. So exactly. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to say overall, you know, worth, worth reading, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know if we're going to be doing any kind of five, five star scale or, you know, at a 10 or anything. Um, I think we're going to do, uh, out of 10 and you going down the decimal place. Like something point yeah, something out of ten uh, with halves, and I think we're gonna argue it. Um, I, so the oh, oh <laughs> yeah, you wanna, yeah. You, uh, you want me so, to go ahead with the? I know suddenly. I, I think we can. Yeah, I think we might might be able to cut in that a little differently at some point. But uh, have you seen you've seen Top Gear, right? For sure. Yeah. So you know how on Top Gear they do the the lap times for the cars. Yeah. And then they have like a running tally of like, oh here's our board. I'm gonna write this down, put it on the board. Mm-hmm. I think. I I what I want what I want to do here is I'm gonna I want us to both give a score, argue it to a consensus score, and then put it on a chart. Okay. Um. And. You know whether we whether we do it like quite literally like a copy of Top Gear. I think that I mean I think that would work, or we could do it more right. digitally. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind a yeah digitalized version of that somehow. It's probably gonna be the easiest way. We'll we'll work on that. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to like I could put it like I could have I could like have one and bring it up for the visual. Oh, nice! Like in the videos, but then we could also like have like a website or a blog or whatever that has like a, you know, the right. digital version. So for sure, to come back to, and now I feel like you know, not having a lot of comics, I've read a few to you know compare against. That's the thing, right? But I think I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a solid. I'm between like in. I guess an 8.5 to, I don't know, maybe an 8. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm starting because I feel like that's average. I feel like I wasn't, uh, you know, maybe blown away, like memorable. I don't know how good, good comics are going to get, but that's where um, I'm feeling leading towards like, yeah, 8.5, even down to 8. I don't know. That, that's where I'm at. Well, I think I think we're okay with not being like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, we're not critics, right? So, yeah. I mean, it can be what you like a little bit. Honestly, I, this is kind of crazy. I came down at 8.5 uh, as well. And I mean, I think, again, I think there's some parts where the story 
lacks a little bit. Um, I think the visuals are great. I think it's hard to compare those visuals to some of the arcs that we're going to see because you, we're going to mm. see arcs from comics that were definitely set to come out boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, we're part of an ongoing series. So the style is different. And the st I mean, art style is going to be really different. So honestly, you know, I kind of don't want to break it down into a rank for story and a rank for art or anything like that. Gotcha. But I think 8.5 8 overall, like, I mean, this is, there's a reason that they've, they've redone this. There's a reason they uh, come back to this. Um, it's definitely an important work. The thing, the thing about it is, I think the thing that, you know, where it loses a little bit of points is it, I'm not sure that it does anything. Um, I don't think it does anything that like redefines comics at that time. I don't think it mm. does anything that um, is, has not been done since like it's, you know, it's not like, uh, yeah, breaking to, down barriers in the comic world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's significant. I think it's a important piece of work. I don't think it's the best, you know, I don't think it's the best story ever. Um, it's a good story. It, it ties, but what it does, what it does it, is it takes old stories and ties them together, um, through a single character. And so it's not creating, you know, it's not creating the wheel. Um, it's changing the spokes, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's taking something that's already been done and just doing it in a new style and a new version and doing a very good job of that. But it's not, you know, it's, it not, it does not stand on its own. Like you have to go back and read other things. You have to know other things for it to work. Um, and I think to me that, that keeps it, that, I mean, that keeps it out of the nine to 10 range just on principle. Um, that if it can't stand on its own, I'm not sure that it it really can be a full nine or ten. Got you. I think it's a great breakdown. Of yeah, of course I'll I'll change that probably then you know in a later episode I'm sure I'll come up with some story that I that I like so much that I make it a ten even though you have to read like six sixty issues before you get to that point. Right, so, your frames uh, of reference may change, but. That's all right. Yeah, Particularly, uh, you know, X Men comics probably uh, might fall into that one, but yeah, some biases we'll may come out. Yeah, in that yeah. sense, but that's all right. All right, man. All right. Well, I I think we're uh, good to wrap up here. Uh, I'm not sure if we have an outro outro recorded uh, anytime, but if we do, uh, this is where it will play. Yes. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you. <laughs>